1: Shalom from Jerusalem. I'm Michael Karam, and welcome to another edition of My Brother's Keeper. Today we're going to be focusing on the history of Christianity and the subject of persecution over history from the Scriptures even to today. We have with us today a special guest, uh, Rector Pastor David Pelegi from Christ Church Jerusalem. David, thank you for being with us. Thank you for honoring me with the invitation. Okay. Let's begin uh, first with Scripture. I think uh, I want to just read something mainly from Yeshua's words that seem to be right at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew 5. And uh, he, he ends the, those first sort of beatitudes with a very interesting uh, section of Scripture that talks about the blessedness of being persecuted for righteousness' sake. And here's how it reads. Verse 10, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Yeshua, we thank you for the opportunity to be here and, Lord, to focus on this very important subject, not only today, but even from this from the New Testament period throughout Christian history, and specifically in the Middle East, the lands of the Bible. Lord, we thank you for the, the promise that comes with rejection. It's almost a, a paradox that when we're actually reviled and persecuted, we're blessed and commanded to rejoice. And so, Lord, we ask that you to give us a new perspective, a, a, a biblical perspective on this subject as we discuss this topic today. In the name of your son, Yeshua, amen. Well, David, um, uh, we, we've spent a lot of time on this subject talking about it at different times, and uh, uh-huh. I just want to just give you an opportunity. First of all, let our viewers know, how did you arrive in Israel? How did you become the rector at Christchurch? How did this uh, country, uh, you know, sort of get to you and bring you to this part of the world? Well,
0: you know, we, we, we probably know quite well that we, we have a bit of a joke here in Jerusalem. <clears throat> And that is, if you uh, stay long enough, you can be promoted to just about anything. (laughs) That's good. Uh, We came uh, 41 years ago, or 42 years ago. I'm I'm losing, I'm losing track. Uh, We came because it uh, was for us the Lord's uh, direction, or or I might I sometimes describe it as a divine uh, propulsion. Somehow we were just pushed. Mm. Uh, to come here, uh, I, I came uh, with my my wife, Carolyn. We were only married a few months. Wow. She brought her cello mm-hmm. and uh, the Lord has just uh, worked things out for us uh, ever since mm-hmm. We've raised a family here, mm-hmm. and uh, I along the way became uh, I was ordained uh, in the Anglican Church mm-hmm. and uh, by god 's grace or some miracle. I was uh, appointed to be uh, the priest in charge at uh, Christ Church mm-hmm. uh, in the Old City right. uh, of Jerusalem.
1: You also did some you know, vast amount of study and everything like that on Jewish history, Christian history. Tell us a little bit about your concentration of your academics. Yeah, I did. I, uh, when, I first, when we first came to Jerusalem,
0: I uh, focused on uh, the role of uh, Arab Christians
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the Holy Land in, in the last uh, several hundred years. Uh, and the, the contributions that they've uh, made uh, to this part of the world, mm-hmm. and also the conundrums and the paradoxes they faced uh, when confronting nationalism, and mm-hmm. also the rise of the of the modern state of Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, later, I really uh, started to focus on uh, Jewish uh, Jewish history. And the intersection really between uh, Judaism and Christianity, especially as it relates to um, eschatology mm. and apocalypticism—the end of the world, wow. uh, uh, perhaps or perhaps not an impending mm. disaster—that mm-hmm. uh, all that awaits us. Uh, mm. So that is my interest still to this day, wow. along with uh, uh, the scriptures and the gospels, mm-hmm. making disciples and mm-hmm. yeah and uh, making sure that uh, we have a faithful, strong, uh, witnessing, worshiping community
1: Mm -hmm. here in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Most of your viewers probably don't know as well, you have a, you're asked as as well, a a licensed tour guide? I am a licensed tour
0: guide, which is uh, my tent making uh, Uh from time to time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I uh, enjoy uh, showing people the country, but really, uh, you might say helping uh, folks who come on tour to uncover right the, the mm-hmm. Jewishness of the gospel, excellent, and what that means for our discipleship, mm-hmm. yeah, and our commitment to
1: to Jesus, which is one of the really big subjects of today. You know, you you studied you know obviously at length these the Jewish people, Christian movements. Uh, we've talked a lot about even Christian movements in the. Uh, from the beginning through the the Middle Ages into Europe, uh, great movements that affected even Christianity to this day. Talk a little bit about, uh, just give us an overview regarding the development of the church through the ages. What were the things that sort of, you know, refined the church, motivated the church, uh, made the church relevant, made the church maybe irrelevant in the the world, especially in the Mediterranean region and then throughout the nations?
0: Well, I think... uh, Something, especially as Protestants, that uh, perhaps we lose sight of. Because I think sometimes when we talk about the gospel, we talk about uh, God's grace and God's mercy. And and I wouldn't want to minimize uh, any of that for a second, especially and- since I'm a recipient of those <laughs> things, yes? Yeah. But uh, I think the gospel that Paul preached uh, to mm-hmm. Gentiles and uh, the other Jewish disciples... Uh, their message was was really simple. It wasn't so much about works versus the law and, uh, and uh, other issues. It was really repent and turn from idolatry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the issue uh, in the non-Jewish world mm-hmm. uh, was the issue of uh, idolatry. Mm-hmm. And uh, the message that they had was was of course turn to Jesus the Savior right but uh, also turn to the living God mm-hmm. uh, and live uh, live holy lives and await uh, the second coming the second coming of Jesus and that mm-hmm. message
1: mm-hmm.
0: Uh, of uh, rejecting idolatry which mm-hmm. by the way we inherited from the Jewish people that right. there's no compromise with mm-hmm. uh, with idolatry right uh, in any way shape or form mm-hmm. that message is what caused uh, uh, difficulties for the early church and mm-hmm. led to many thousands, maybe tens of thousands uh, being martyred. Mm-hmm. And uh, we oftentimes, when we think of martyrdom or sacrifice, uh, Michael, mm-hmm. we think of uh, the first three or four centuries. Okay, But we, we forget that, mm-hmm. uh, especially if we're talking about the Middle East, that with the rise of Islam, Mm-hmm. In the sixth, seventh, and eighth centuries, there was right. another wave of martyrs uh, many many were killed for their faith mm-hmm. uh, because they uh, perhaps uh, denied or rejected the uh, the the islamic message right and uh in modern times we've had um, uh, an untold uh, number of martyrs uh, in this part of the world mm-hmm. and in fact, I'd like to put it in just uh, and a bigger context, and that is, in the 20th century, more people were killed for their faith mm-hmm. than were killed uh, uh, throughout all of history. So mm-hmm. we, as a as a church, uh, we've had more martyrs
1: in the last in the
0: last hundred 100, years, 150 120 years, yeah. years yeah. than we've had uh, in the last. 2,000 years. Let's
1: just zero in on that because that's an important point because the Middle East basically changes quite radically uh-huh. uh, with the fall of the Ottoman Empire which ruled the Middle East uh-huh. for 450 years and the Caliphate from Istanbul. Mm-hmm. What happens that's so important? What's that change that happens really that creates some of the things you're talking about? Just give us a, a bit of a historical overview on the sort of that, that, that seminal moment in Middle East history. Well, um, that'd be quite quite (laughs) a long quite (laughs) a long
0: explanation, but maybe we can just go back uh, maybe 140 years or so. Yeah, 150 years, right around
1: the end of the Ottoman Empire, right around the
0: end of the Ottoman Empire when uh, uh, Islam is in uh, a state of decline, Mm -hmm. when uh, the Ottoman Empire is uh, being, uh, you might say, uh, humiliated by
1: Mm -hmm. Western. Uh, European powers. And yet at the same time, and you've pointed this out many times, and I think we've seen it from uh, Michael Oren's work, things in the Middle East were of all were well, the primary interest for Christians around the world. I mean, there was a huge focus at that time in all things Middle East, not, not only in the spiritual world, but also in the secular world. That's right.
0: Uh, for, for quite a long time, uh, the, the Europe's focus was on the Middle East, mm-hmm. uh, was on the Mediterranean world. Okay. And then when the Turks Finally achieved hegemony in this part of the world when they when they finally brought an end to the Byzantine Empire. Right, 1450. Uh, the Europeans turned west, and uh, they were interested in colonizing right North America, right. South America, mm-hmm. and uh, only with the rise of Napoleon did uh, all that eyes shifts. turn back. Right. Towards uh, the Mediterranean world late, and, late, and the Middle East, yeah. late eighteenth century, early nineteenth. Late eighteenth century. century, and of course, mm-hmm. Christians were interested for reasons of prophecy, mm-hmm. uh, and the European powers were interested and in, in for their own uh, political or economic interests as okay. well. And those yes. things, those things combined. but right. it led to a humiliation and a decline of uh, of Islam, mm-hmm. and uh, when Islam goes into a, a decline. Mm-hmm. There, you can always expect an Islamic revival, right. and with the Islamic revival uh, came a, uh, a renewed hostility uh, towards towards, uh, towards Christianity mm-hmm. and and Christian communities. Okay. Now, that's a little bit of an oversimplification, right? Because there were other
1: factors involved politically with Germany and I- exactly, but and s- the European s- powers. But still, uh, nonetheless,
0: uh, there there is a uh, you might say a uh, an intense uh, uh, hatred of mm-hmm. uh, the colonial powers mm-hmm. because in Islamic ideology or Islamic thinking, uh, Muslims should never live under the domination of, non, of non-Muslims. Right. And, uh, and so consequently, it, uh, uh, the, the logic or the thinking uh, amongst many Muslims went like this. And again, I'm, I'm sorry to, to oversimplify, but there's some truth to what I'll say. Mm-hmm. And that is, oh... France is a so-called Christian country. England and Germany are Christian countries. They're humiliating us. They're uh, taking control of our resources. Mm-hmm. They are uh, pushing subjugating us down us. or pre- uh, subjugating us. And the Muslims might say to a local Middle Eastern Christian, "Oh, you're a Christian, so that and France is a Christian country, so therefore you support France."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or uh, in recent uh, in recent times, the the th- logic. Uh, went like, oh, France or Britain and the United States have recognized Israel. Oh, you being a local Christian, you know, you must support you must, that. You must be, uh, you, you must a Zionist aligned. agent. Yeah, you must be some kind <laughs> of Zionist agent, and we mm-hmm. and we don't uh, really trust you fully right. to, to be committed to, to to us as a as an Islamic community and our right. goals,
1: right. Now, talk about that, because uh, there's also another element. I mean, that's the decline of Islam. There was, uh, there was also a rise in nationalism in the Middle East at that time. Yes. So you had this, mm-hmm. you had this kind of decline and then reaction in terms of the Islamic faith at the at sort of a, the decline of the caliphate, which mm-hmm. was centered in Istanbul. Mm-hmm. But you also had the beginning of, you know, sort of national ethnic or, or nation states in the Middle East, and yes, and the idea—the uh, the idea
0: of a nation state, uh, mm-hmm. especially in the Islamic world—is a Western import, and it's right. a Western invention. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, nation states uh, have not been, and still continue to this day, uh, are not very, really, very important. I right. think most people in the Middle East. Don't uh, identify first and foremost as an Algerian or a Tunisian mm-hmm. or an, or a Moroccan or a Saudi. They right. identify as a Muslim
1: Right, first of all. But then first. they've also. But then this also the the nationalistic side has kind of so, come on to the scene. And all
0: right. So what happened was Arab Christians who uh, were trained. Trained in uh, Western missionary institutions mm-hmm. uh, in Lebanon, Syria, and what was then Turkey and what was then Palestine, mm-hmm. they were looking for a way out of their minority status, status. right their demi status right? mm-hmm. and they thought we can reconstitute identity not based on religion but based on ethnicity, so instead of being first and foremost Muslims, which we can 't be will be arabs and we will um, promote the arab la- uh, the uh, arabic language uh, arab arabic culture, culture and
1: and that way we can all be equal mm. because we're all arabs wow. and so the so- christians had a key part to play in the rise of this nationalistic or Ethnic nationalism
0: the Christians had a key part to play a very very critical part to play uh, in the rise of what we call Arab nationalism and uh, There was you might say an experiment or flirtation mm-hmm. in the Middle East with wood nationalism, which mm-hmm. was put right. Islam uh, on the sideline for a s- season sec- uh, for yeah. a season <laughs> And so we had the regime of Nasser. In Egypt. The, rege- the Assad family in mm-hmm. Syria. The Assad family in Syria. We
1: had uh, the um,
0: Saddam Hussein We had Turkism
1: in, in, in Turkey. We had Yeah. And even
0: Yasser Arafat would, Yasser, okay. would be considered... Palestinian nationalism. A Palestinian right. Arab nationalist.
1: Now all that changes yeah. kind of about 20 years ago, right? Which yeah. changes actually thir- the plight. Thir- 30, years 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Yeah, we could go back to Iran, maybe even... Further than that, but... It changes with the Iranian, even even a little further, it changes with the Iranian revolution. In because, 1979, but it really sort of starts to spick, pick up speed 20 years later in the Sunni world. Exactly. Okay, and tell us that, so as we kind of move into that area, how has that now affected the the plight of Christians in the Middle East? What's gone on in the last 20 years that's really put them under pressure and under persecution for their faith?
0: Well, um, you know, as we said, the Arab nationalist regimes, whether it's Syria or... Uh, the old Egypt or Turkey, Iraq. Iran, sure. yeah. they, they, all of these, uh, dictators, ironically enough, protected and looked after the, after Christian communities, right? Because they needed them as, uh, valuable allies and, uh, against, in, uh, against radicalism st- and exactly running their state system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and they were loyal. They were good servants. They were so Syria is the best example. Okay. The Syrian regime uh, up until the time of the civil war, and even to this day was 2010, built, 2010 was, yeah, was built on minorities <laughs> so thirty percent of the country really had control and power over, over the seventy percent
1: so the sunni majority was underneath underneath Christians and Alevis, crews, and yeah and, uh, and, uh, Aloe, and, and, and alawites. alawites yep.
0: And of course, the, the Sunni majority is going to resent this, mm-hmm. not only politically and culturally, but also theologically. Right. They, so it was
1: inevitable that they would, at one time, it, exactly. So they they saw the Arab Spring, they rose they said, up. This is our opportunity, and they, this they, is what they, created the biggest refugee, part of the biggest refugee in the prog- in the in the world since World War II.
0: Exactly. And so uh, the you might say this revival of Islamic thinking. Uh, hopes to uh, restore the world, mm. you might say, to a a, a pure, a uh, Islamic vision in which Christians are 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 second class with restricted freedom, mm-hmm. uh, and mm. uh, if, you know many fewer rights than right. than Muslims. So this has, of course, effect uh, brought about uh, increasing pressure and difficulty, and many. Mm. Parts of the Middle East, right. although not in every, not no, but every it did corner. give
1: it did give birth to a series of movements: Hamas, Hezbollah, mm-hmm. Al Qaeda, Islamic State, which, in the end, t- targeted Christians. Absolutely, and uh, so so this but this is more of a well, mostly a Sunni, but somewhat a Shiite uh, phenomenon as mm-hmm. well. And I mean, we sort kind of see it; we sort of skipped over this. But in World War I, we have this thirty-year genocide. That basically happens to Christians. Talk about that, because we usually refer it to as the Armenian genocide around World War One, but it was actually Assyrians, Greeks, and others. One of the great tragedies that uh,
0: we, as Christians, especially in the West, we know uh, we know very little mm-hmm. about is uh, what happened in Turkey mm-hmm. in, in 18- or in the Ottoman Empire. Ottoman Empire, but largely in Turkey. I mean, right. in Anatolia 18- in eighteen ninety. Twenty percent of the population of what we call modern-day Turkey or mm-hmm. within the borders of modern-day Turkey for Christians. Mm-hmm. After 1925, two percent. Wow. Uh, and so in that 30-year, uh, virtually 30-year period, mm-hmm. we had um, massacres of the Armenians. Massacres of uh, Iraqi Christians, uh, what is today northern S-Sirrias. Iraq? Uh, massacre of Greek Christians in mm-hmm. Western Turkey and mm-hmm. their expulsion, in the
1: hundreds of thousands, maybe, wow. maybe even in, uh, maybe even in millions. So moving from there, we move up to basically Islamic State, which is sort of part of our period. It's kind of a reaction of the Sunni world to mm-hmm. maybe what we're talking about: this Western imposition of nation states or whatever. We don't know, but this. Decline of Islam, kind of in that nationalistic period, but mm-hmm. then there's a reaction that happens in the Sunni world that then puts Christians in this part of the world in, under pressure again. Talk a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, the the um, the, the this this rise of uh, uh, you might say Islamic sentiment or this revival of uh, some forms of uh, classical uh, Islamic thinking is has been very detrimental uh, for. Uh, Christians uh, throughout throughout the Middle East, mm-hmm. and uh, as an Anglican, I remember a, a bishop, um, Na- by the name of Michael Nazar Ali. He was mm-hmm. a Pakistani mm-hmm. uh, Anglican bishop. He is a convert from 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 Islam, and uh, he once spoke at a conference uh, where uh, I was uh, attending, and he he mentioned he said that. Uh, not only was the Arab-Israel conflict at, uh, at its heart a religious conflict, but he said one of the reasons that the Middle East is in such a mess today is that at one time Jews and Christians, even though they were second-class citizens, uh, were the skilled professionals that kept the, uh, it, whether the Ottoman Empire or we're some nation states, states, kept them humming and kept mm-hmm. them running. Right. Uh, Play very when, key roles. Exactly. And when they were expelled or pressured to leave mm-hmm. uh, in those, one form or another that uh, it has uh, been to the detriment of most of the most of the countries uh, in our area right. because both christians and, uh, and the Jews. jewish minority mm-hmm. had a put a huge emphasis uh, on edu- education, education and medicine. learning languages and uh, having contacts uh, with Europe, right. which they were able
1: to use uh, to the betterment on, of the societies where they were serving, exactly to the to the betterment of, of the whole society. Right now, we 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 come to today, and we have now another kind of important shift that's happened in the last uh, in the last year. This Abraham Abraham Accords, where we now see Sunni Arab nations wanting to make peace with Israel. Mm-hmm. I, I I skipped over one thing because I I do think this. You know, obviously, the the development and the emergence of the state of Israel does change uh, the the plight of Middle Eastern Christians or affects them Absol- both in a positive way and a negative way. Absol- Just speak Absol- about that to absolutely. our audience. Yeah. Uh, look, on one hand, uh,
0: the um, the Christian minority in Israel mm-hmm. uh, is safe and secure, Right. and uh, we have a. Um, very, very high level of what you might call freedom of religion, right. and in some ways, it might even uh, be better here than mm-hmm. in places like the United States, mm-hmm. uh, which I can't get into at the moment. Uh, uh, things aren't perfect. Uh, most Arab, Christ- most Christians here are Arabs, and uh, they have uh, uh, issues with the government. Mm-hmm. But uh, by law, at least, they're afforded uh, freedom, full freedom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is not the case uh, in any other Middle, in Eastern, any other Middle Eastern, Eastern country. country. They, if, if Christians right. have freedom in a place like Jordan or freedom in a place like Egypt, mm-hmm. uh, it might just be temporary. Right. Temporary,
1: or within their the bounds of their own community.
0: Yes, uh, the, the the regime might change tomorrow, and mm-hmm. they might uh, be hostile.
1: Speak about that a little bit, because it might be difficult for people to understand from the West and from the nations this idea of the status quo, and when you're born into a certain religious you have to stay in that religious right well you
0: know the the probably the the uh you might if you want to talk about the overall problem that christian communities have today right in the middle east Mm -hmm. uh it's because we are living with a a 1300 1300 year legacy of islam Mm -hmm. and islam came along and basically said we're going to tolerate you uh but you have to stay in your box right meaning if you are born a, a Greek Orthodox Christian. You can live as a Greek Orthodox Christian. Mm-hmm. You can uh, practice your religion within your community. But don't really try to go outside that box as a Christian. Don't try to influence us. Uh, don't tell us that uh, right. we need Jesus or mm-hmm. that uh, the message right. of Islam might be problematic, right. uh, and so therefore, what you have is a certain amount of, uh, not a certain amount, you have a huge amount of stagnation. Right. Uh, and so right. the communities aren't open, they yeah. don't reproduce themselves. And they don't they move don't out. They don't grow, yeah. they don't move out, and so they look right.
1: inward. Mm-hmm. And, and they survive. They, and they survive barely. Right, but, to their but, own detriment. To, the, uh, to their own. So bring that all the way back. We don't have a lot of time, but bring that all the way back to that first message of Paul. I mean, they were under the same kind of pressure from a number of different angles. The religious pressure from some of the Jewish elements and the political pressure of Rome. Mm-hmm. But what was their message? How did they walk out this, this whole conundrum?
0: Well, their, their, uh, their message was, of and course- And their life. They, they, they certainly were bold. Right. Uh, they certainly understood that um, that uh, the the kingdom of God is preached by Jesus was uh, something that was going to expand, and mm-hmm. more and more people were going to come under uh, God's uh, God's kingship uh, mm-hmm. as as exhibited through the the life and ministry of Jesus, mm-hmm. and uh, that boldness, and also a certain uh, 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 you might say uh, creativity when it came to to uh, uh, preaching and li- and living out the gospel, mm-hmm. meaning contextualizing the gospel. Right, the way the gospel is contextualized amongst Jews wasn't the same way it was contextualized well, right. amongst amongst uh, amongst Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think going back to. Uh, going back to that, not that, only that original message, but going back to the way that uh, people in this part of the world have been witnesses mm-hmm. and have even at times paid with their lives. Right. We uh, as a church need to uh, honor them. Mm-hmm. We need to hold them before us. Mm-hmm. And, and I, here I would suggest that everybody uh, find a martyr or a saint uh, who was faithful, study the life of that person, um, try to um, live in a way, that live a life that would be worthy uh, mm-hmm.
1: of their uh of, the, their sacrifice. of their sacrifice and their example. Exactly. We're, we're coming to the end, and I, I want to have you be able to just pray for the, the our audience out there.
0: Father in heaven, uh, we come to you uh, as your children. And first and foremost, Lord, we uh, pray for those who indeed are suffering, those who are persecuted, mm. those who are in... Uh, financial difficulty Lord we ask that uh, indeed your Holy Spirit uh, will fill them with the presence of Jesus that you would give them the gifts of faith uh, and the the gifts to uh, endure uh, the difficult times uh, that uh, they are undergoing and father for us who may be well fed and comfortable we do pray that uh, we will learn from their example be encouraged Mm. and we ask that uh, you would use their lives and their witness to uh, help us to remain faithful and loyal to you at all times. Mm -hmm. And we do ask this in the mighty name of
1: Jesus. Amen. Thank you, David, for joining us, and thank you for those who have joined us for another edition of My Brother's Keeper. Shalom from from Jerusalem, and we look forward to seeing you again.